where did you grow up? As DeSoto, I mean, first me, Sterling is my home of homes. I mean, that's where I was yep. raised. But is this your home or have you made it a home and deepened the history of the town? Well, um, I was born in Shawnee, raised in Overland Park, went to KU. They had a great aerospace engineering. I was, what now? You have rock, rock Okay. I wasn't going to be a teacher. I was absolutely sure. Air Force, ROTC, I was in that, shaved my head. Within two years, I was chief master sergeant, highest non-commissioned officer in the room, called the room to attention when the colonel came in. Aerospace engineering, loved math, loved science. It made sense to me. It still does. I just like history better. And then I discovered they had M1 Grand rifles from World War II decommissioned so they couldn't fire. We used to have a drill team, but nobody knew how to do it. So I taught myself, cleaned them, taught how to do the drills. We started up a drill team, had a blast. The colonel said, you ought to take a, a teaching class. You're really good at instructing and teaching. Sure. All heck broke loose. I was supposed to watch her. I can't remember her name. First name was Carol. Central Junior High, KU. It was a rough school. I was supposed to go fifth hour. And I went for as many days as I could. And I got to know the kids. And I'm in the back of the room. And she's a great teacher. Her mom and dad got pregnant with her at the end of the war. And he died. And so she never really knew her dad. She never got married. She was one of those... Um, widow teachers who just focused on the kids. She was awesome, but my brain was on fire. She'd do this. And I'm like, oh, you could do that. You could do this and this. And I instantly knew, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to be a police officer, a Marine or an EWO, electronic weapons officer on an F-15 Strike Eagle. I had a specific plan. They were all wrong. So I came home, got out of everything, had to go to my Colonel Rademacher, neat man, F-4 pilot, all muscle, no neck. <clears throat> And ask him for a letter of reference because I decided to go into education at the worst possible time. 85 applicants for 15 spots. And there was an, yeah. an abundance of people wanting to be teachers. That, I mean, the exact opposite of what we're facing right now. Right now, we'll, we'll okay, no, it, it's awful. So I am not allowed to have student teachers. What I teach is so far outside that if I teach you without a textbook, without worksheets, and then you have a great time with me, and then you get a normal job, you're not ready for it. So Mid-America brings all of their student teachers, K through 12. They will be here either next, heck, that might be tomorrow. They'll be here early <laughs> in the morning. They'll be for an hour and a half with me and then watch me teach a class or two. And then they go back and talk about it. And she shows them all the crazy videos about me online before they come. I go to KU and I speak on a panel to all the graduates who are just getting ready to student teach. And they just grill us with real life questions. Anybody that I can work with, I will. But Mid-America used to bring me 30 or 40. Eight are coming now. KU used to have somewhere around 80 social studies in the four-year cycle. They're down to less than 20 in the four-year cycle. No offense, just telling it like my opinion, Brownback has done so much damage to education. I'm not sure it'll recover fully. I've got, I'm hoping for another 15 years. I've taught for 25. I'm thinking I can do 15 more and that's what I'd like to do. I don't think I'll see a full recovery even in my life. And people are afraid to be a teacher. You don't get paid. They cut your salary. You have no right to do process. You can't strike. It's just hard right now. So we lose right now all new teachers who went into education, got a degree. We lose 50 to 60% in the first four years. And once they leave and get an hour lunch and better benefits and better salary and an education degree is sought after in the, in the technology community. So one of my good friends, Rachel, oh, she was awesome. She was on fire. T-Mobile got her. They paid for her master's, tripled her salary. She only had to do teaching of the new cell phones and their types five stores a week and she could set up her lessons anytime she wanted. She did them all on Tuesday and Monday. So the rest of the week she's off. 
she would never come back to education. I miss her every day, but I'm happy for her. She's, she's doing well. Unless we treat teachers the right way, we're going to see some sort of a collapse. I don't know what it'll be because not everybody's crazy and willing to. At one point I had nine jobs. DeSoto was the number one job. JUCO, number two. Teach at Ottawa. Teach at UMKC. Teacher recertifications through Mid-American Nazarene. Run the DC trip. Anything I could do to make money. And I usually tied it to teaching. But people aren't willing to do that anymore. You know what I mean? No, it's a hard time. It just something crossed my mind. Um, and I'm wondering because for so long it seemed like with, and believe it, no child of hand, you, you taught to the worksheet and to the test, right? Yes. If teachers taught were learned to teach more like how you do from the heart <laughs> it, all and we're talking through all subjects not just through science if there was a way to do that through all, do you think there'd be that resurgence back or are they are yes people tired of, of teaching to the test people are tired okay so rather than teaching we had a, I had a good teacher good friend named Megan and we're getting ready to leave Wednesday after school they're calling for a snow day Thursday maybe Friday we had both of them She's almost in tears and she did cry while we're leaving. I've got to cover this, this, and this. There's only 13 days left before the assessment. I'm already full. I can't have a snow day. And I loved on her and said, it's okay. Gave her a hug. No worries. Got my car. And I thought, what the heck's wrong that we're that stressed about tests, right? We are teaching to the test and lots of pressure. And that the amount of days and hours wasted on testing is phenomenal. And administration is leading by fear. We're afraid of the parents. We're afraid of the public, afraid of the news, afraid of the test scores. So we're leading in fear. We're teaching to the test. And then you have to have people that have thick skin that can handle that, right? And teach around it. You'd be surprised how many military veterans come out of the military and get a teaching certification because they've always wanted to be a teacher. You would be shocked how many professionals go back and get a emergency certification or GCP, graduate certification program. You have a degree, but not an education, but you want to teach. There are people whose hearts later in life, they get old enough to realize this is not touching me and not connecting with me. There's no heart, no passion. Um, I have two good friends who both left the classroom for different reasons to become administrators. And they both say, I leave every day and don't feel any satisfaction constantly putting out fires and politics and money and numbers. I'm not making a difference. And they both are going to work the minimum number. I think it's six semesters so they can get that retirement salary and go back into the classroom. They miss the connection, but it's hard to make that, you know, $85,000 middle school principal salary from a $37,000 starting salary. And if you've been there a few years, maybe 45 to double your salary, it's hard to go back. But if the passion's there and you love what your kids are doing, I can't imagine not having my kids. Okay, don't laugh. I did not feel the brain tumor pain. I had it eight to 10 years. Glenn has a headache. You have a headache. I have, how do we know they're the same? I'm German. Mom was a nurse. So you go to school with your arm torn off. We'll sew it on later. It's a worth, work ethic, cultural thing. I never heard at school. When I was teaching with kids, I had no pain. During volleyball at the end of the day practice or basketball or track, I might have some throbbing. Hated weekends. Hated holidays. If I was in the classroom with the kids, I did not feel pain. They literally saved my life. And uh, my mom and dad went into the surgeon and they took me into another room. They didn't want me to be there. And they didn't tell me about this for about four years. And he asked, how long's Kyle been out of work? He was working last Friday. This is a Monday morning. I had surgery that Thursday. Uh, they were worried. It was so big. It was about the size of a peach underneath the, the brain. It was putting a lot of pressure. That's why I was going blind. And they said, no, he's doing fine. And he said, that's 
almost impossible. People with this tumor, they get depressed, they get divorced, they lose their jobs, and they usually take their life. I never hurt when I was with my kids. Their energy, their passion, their purity, their enthusiasm. Yes, there are buts. Yes, there are ones who test us. But sometimes they need your love more than any, anybody else. Education can save you. And don't think me mean. You show me another profession you can give every single thing in your essence to. 110% without any reservation. I haven't found it. I thought about being a lawyer. I like to talk. I like legal. I love debate and forensics. I had more suits in high school than I do now. And a lot of ties like Alex B. Keaton, early 80s skinny ties. Even engineering. That's a huge yes, reference. I huge reference. It. Did yes. you get it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just, I found something that flipped my switch. I found what I'm supposed to do. My wish for my students is that they can find their passion. Because once you do, you found where you're supposed to be. And you had to find it through chaos yes but that whole Nietzsche thing what doesn't kill you makes you stronger if you have to work harder to achieve something it means more if it's just handed to you there are a lot of people say you should not pay for your kids college they should work they should get loans they should pay them off because if it's their money they'll work harder for it even if they have to take a semester off to save a little more I think I want to help my kids I won't be able to pay for all of it but I can help but if you just give it to them and they blow off a semester they don't care not their money. It is true. If you have to work hard to get something, it means more. You know, sometimes I'm at the, when I'm tired, end of the day, everything's good. Kids are going, it's quiet. I look around the room, moving that stove, moving that grand piano. We have a player piano that actually plays songs now. And <laughs> you, you got to come play. That's I'm cool. serious. We have a um, 1800s coal wood transition stove, 1870s, 1890s. Ah, we drove to Wapaka for that. And it, that's like Wisconsin, Minnesota. I don't remember. It's way back east. Those are all so much work and they're so big and they're so heavy. The Civil War stove, I used to be able to lift half of it by myself. I couldn't walk anywhere. I could just put it on wheels. All that work, all that sweat, all those tears, all that effort, it sometimes makes me tired. But then I remember it wasn't just me. I never did anything alone. There are always people there. There are always kids there. We had a work day five weeks ago, four weeks ago. And I had 16 kids show up on a Saturday morning with a sack lunch. We all bought pops from the um, resource room. They run a little store to help the kids count money and do real world stuff. And we worked for six, seven hours, cleaning out a storage closet, reorganizing, donating some more artifacts to Lexington Trail, some more to Mize Elementary. And they wanted to be there on a Saturday morning. And I loved having them with me. Nice. Did you did you just happen to stumble on something that works or are you constantly evolving this process? So you- my mom and dad are hippies that missed the sixties and did it in the seventies. So we took a lot of family vacations, um, got a motor. My dad's antisocial. So when he sees somebody else camping, we drive away and camp in the middle of nowhere. You remember Laura Ingalls Wilder? <laughs> yes. right? Her father used to say, if I see smoke from another chimney, it's time to move. And naughty part for the audience. We now know through research that he was actually camping on Indian land and yeah, he wasn't supposed to be there yet. But, um, we would take two weeks of school, get all our homework packets, do it while we were driving. Um, they taught me to look in abandoned cabins, ghost towns, finding bottles, trinkets. So my mom passed away three years ago. Love her, rest her soul. She uh, fought leukemia, her famous quote in the family. I did not give up. My body gave out. Uh. But she found an 1858 dime with my dad and he turned it into a necklace. And I have that hanging in my medicine cabinet. Oh. Now, I was raised with the power of a piece of blue and white pottery glued to a picture of a cabin from Wyoming. That had meaning to me. Um, so I always loved artifacts. I love that. And my parents' house is full of stuff. 
And my dad has fixed, oh, he repairs clocks and pocket watches. It's a hobby. He's fixed so many things for the museum. Hey, dad, I got a cuckoo clock coming to you too in a week. I can't get it to wind. So all these people help all the time. But I was raised with that as a love of history. And my family had stories. My grandma, a lot of people do this when they get close to where they see their end. They start writing notes and things. This is a box from Germany. It's been in the family for years. Don't throw it away. She used long stamps and glued it to them and then wrote notes on it. And I just really appreciated that everything had a story if you knew what it was. And as a history teacher, oh my gosh, and history, I feel guilty. You know how cool history is right now? History Channel, Learning Channel, Discovery Channel, Mythbusters, and YouTube, you name it, we can look it up and see stuff. And kids get excited about that. I have children who go home and watch History Channel because they like it. And not everybody signs up for my class. There are some kids that have been burned by history class so much that they can't get into it. Sometimes they try it and I can flip them. But that story is emotional. Who'd I get? Eighth grade, first semester this year, um, I made them cry during the American Revolution with the Patriot from clips from that. I made them really cry in Last of the Mohicans when the father's there at the end and says, you know what? I'm the last. Everybody's gone. I just, you know what, I hope for a swift death and like an arrow shot into the sun, welcome me to my lodge fires with my people because my uncas, my son is there now and I'm done. So if I can tap into that emotion and create a memory when the three of us are gone and hopefully there'll be some version of the museum left or pieces scattered to the wind to other places, um, they will have changed. They will have grown and learned and they'll remember that. And I know it's going to happen. Somebody's going to be talking to their kids in 40 or 50 years. Oh, I had this amazing teacher and he had this crazy classroom. It was so much fun. And they can find pictures on the internet and the kids will be like, oh my gosh, that's whacked. I don't know. So I don't know if I stumbled onto it or just, maybe I did stumble onto it, but people, okay, science, Mr. Hobbine, Shawnee Mission North, 1985, 86, 87. He blew things up. He took a rose. Everybody touched it. Soft. It's pokey. Yeah, Dipped it in liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Shattered it. Um, he melted something that stunk really bad. Took a magnesium ribbon, clipped it up to the ceiling, set it on fire. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh. He was amazing. I still remember all of that. And then I think of all my high school history classes. Yeah, nothing yeah. amazing at all. I remember nothing except the Challenger blowing up in 1986. Um, so the joke is... Science has known about hands-on for years. Math has manipulatives. Elementary, they have the little pieces and the squares and percentages and fake money. Oh my gosh, they get it. English is probably better than most history teachers. They're like, well, we're reading a book on slavery, so I bought these little shackles. They have one or two artifacts that tie to the book or a video clip, which can be an artifact too. History's kind of the slow man on the totem pole or low man on the totem pole. We're just, don't figure it out. And there's so much stuff out there. Sorry. Do you think, no, this is just me. Do you think some of it is you graduate to be able to do this and this and this and manipulatives become elementary. And once you get to those upper <sighs> grades, yep. that there was this mentality of no, now you learn from this. So I am weird that I have taught grades five through 12, but I do presentations in kindergarten through twelve. So I'll be at third grade, two weeks, Clear Creek doing a NASA presentation. I taught at uh, space camp at um, Huntsville, Alabama. I went, I was out of control, had a way good time. And I won an award called the right stuff, which got you another trip back. And I said, well, if I'm coming, I want to teach. And I said, well, what could you teach? Teaching about space using toys and artifacts. So I use it anyway. So I do that. You can come hang out that presentation too. And then in two weeks after that, well, next Wednesday, I'll be Lexington trails, seventh grade, 
slavery, Native American Civil War, just some random artifacts. I missed the other presentations here because of my leg. Then the week after that, I'll be back at Lexington Trails, eighth grade, doing an astronomy of meteorites, fossils. And I just realized I didn't show anybody in the other room. Or sh- I have meteorites here, so you all need to touch <laughs> a shooting star before you go home. Um, and then at the end of the year, what's my last gig? I just set it up. Boop, back at Clear Creek and doing uh, communities, Native Americans and how we work together. And we just did another one at Prairie Ridge, fourth grade, brought my archaeology kids. I taught them all the Native American stuff. They each had a group of eight to 10 kids and I was their emergency backup and talked about how they use the bison teeth and the, the bones. Backup. Well, because you get nervous and they didn't understand that the kids can't tell the age difference between me and them. They think all the high school kids are full adults which they really enjoyed the, wow, yes, I am a full adult. And they had a blast and kids loved learning from kids and they were the experts. And then I pulled out an elk skin that a woman, what was her name? She's an artist. Her name is she woman who loves her horses and it's elk skin and it's painted with a circle of life. Remember Lion King? And it's water and we're leaving to hunt. We're doing the hunt. We've collected all the skins. We come back to the village and in the middle is everybody holding up bison skulls and praying to the sun. Thank you for the bison. Really fun. So I teach all these different grade levels. High school, no offense, I'm just telling the truth. High school thinks they're the hardest working people in the district and do the real teaching. They look down on everybody else. Middle school thinks they're the stuff because it's so hard in middle school and they look down on elementary. Elementary knows the truth, which is they get there early, they stay late, they have meetings before and after their school day. Try that in middle school or high school, there'll be a revolution. There are always cars in the parking lot, We just built that display last Saturday, right? There were 10 teachers in the building Saturday morning between 8 and 11 o'clock working, making copies, getting lessons ready. So I think in terms of the work and the preps and elementary third grade, they teach every subject and they have those kids all year long. So everybody has their own challenge. I am addicted to middle school. Strike while the metal's hot. You've heard that, you know, hit the metal when it's cold. It doesn't do anything except break. Hit it when it's hot. You can shape it. In middle school, they're excited. They have talents and skills. They can do things, but they'll listen to you. High school, they'll listen, but they've already made up their mind. So unless you really set them on fire, you won't get a big change. (laughs) So you've touched on it many times. You mentioned Sam O'Neill, which is the current Kansas Teacher of the Year. Yes. She's amazing. She blogged about you. She did. She made me cry. Shame on her. Oh, because she just, well, in that blog, which, of course, I read. The one about teachers have the same heart. Yes. And you have that. How do you teach that to those pre-service teachers? Okay, now you just jumped into a thing that people have written hundreds of books about, have fights and color. Are teachers (laughs) born or are they made and created? What's your opinion? Yes. Sorry, I'm a butt. No fences here. No, are you ready? Some teachers are born. There are natural born teachers who know how to teach. There are other people who discover they can become a teacher. But if you don't, it's a national teacher of the year. Don't remember his name. He said, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's 100% right. Okay, you want naughty? We go into a school. You give me 65 kids, all grades, whatever, mixed together. They can tell you exactly which teacher hates their job. They can tell you which teacher loves them and tells them that they love them. They know which teacher would help them if their house burned down tonight and they called them. They know which teacher would care and help. They know which teacher hates their grade level they're teaching, can't wait to get out of it. We even have teachers who get hired who tell the kids first day, I'm going to be an administrator. I'm just here until I get that job. Why would you tell them that? So that just says, hey, I'm not an investor. Yes. yes, I don't care about you. Can't wait to be gone. So rowdiness, I think it's a combo. There are natural born. There are created. 
But I think if you have somebody who really wants to be there and has passion, that's what it takes. If you care, you care. Okay, I do think love is the most powerful thing in the universe, right? I think love can switch to hate, which is terrifying, right? Love can become hate. But hope, you don't have hope, you don't do anything. If you really don't, nothing's ever going to change. I can't do anything. There is no hope. You don't do anything. So love is great, but you have to have the belief that things can get better or you will not act. So maybe it's a hope thing because sometimes people give up. Kids give up. Divorce hurts kids more than the parents. So if you got a passion for kids and you can create hope and the best teachers create hope every day, tomorrow's going to be better. You can be what you want to be. Work your butt off. Make a difference. Wow. Kyle, I hate to do this. We've been talking for about 40 minutes now. No, you're good. Jamie and I are curious people. I think we could sit here and talk for a couple more hours. Easily. (laughs) So we're definitely going to have to connect again. More than welcome. I I appreciate being Um, with you. But I can ever help. Let me know. Before we leave, there's this little thing out there. I think it's a fad called social media. You got the Twitter and all that. Yes. Are you on social media? Where can people find you? So I do have a Facebook page. There's this nasty man in uh, Hutchinson named Glenn Weeby who made me create a Facebook page <laughs> for my Teaching American History grant. And then I didn't use it at all, but it got me an iPad. So I was happy. I have activated my Facebook page. I don't post a lot, but I connect through it. I do have Facebook Messenger. My email, and I'm going to share this. Is that Okay. Uh, so my, my email is Kyle H, K-E-I-L-H, at USD232.org. The USD is Unified School District. That's the only email I've had for my whole career. And it's actually wrong. It should be K Heilman, but I was a prototype test email, so we don't change it. You can reach me at that, uh, Monticello Trails Middle School in Shawnee, Kansas. Look up the school, find my, call the secretary, so I want to talk to the museum guy, and they'll put you through to me. If you're in the area, you're welcome to come see stuff. If you find artifacts that need a place or a saving, and even if, okay, so I'm, I'm about to donate. Okay, this is really gross. It's a home <laughs> embalming kit for the oh doctor to come to your house and embalm your dead grandma. Why? Turns out that you died, you were born in your bed. You died in, in your, your bed. bed. They would embalm you in your bed. I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm in negotiations, which they're pretty much excited about it, to donate it to the KU Medical Museum at KU Med Center off Rainbow Boulevard. So if you've got stuff and you can't find a home for it, let me know. If I can't use it, I will find a place to save history. But um, that's probably the easiest. I don't have Twitter or anything else like that. Facebook, email. If you want to see videos of the museum, if you go to YouTube and Google my first and last name, Kyle, K-E-I-L, last name, Heilman, H-I-L-E-M-A-N, lots of videos, and I'll cut out the rumors. Yes, I'm on stage with Dolly Parton. No, I did not sing with Dolly Parton. (laughs) She recognized us with an award for the museum. Neat lady. Nice, right. Kyle, thanks for your time. My pleasure. Any last words? Oh, no, we're not done yet. We'll just keep Keep going. Okay. Until then, till the next episode, thanks for listening. (laughs) 